Hey, and welcome to the I Fell Into This podcast. We're your hosts, Carol Sikia and Tina Saps. We're so happy to bring you this episode with our very French but nice portrait photographer, Emily <laughs> Giotti, who is based in Edmonton, Canada. She's built a business model that is all about helping women be seen how they want to be seen. Mm-hmm. It was such a pleasure to speak to her about her journey to photography because she, I think she started off in law first. Um, so <laughs> great <Yeah>. journey. <laughs> And quite the journey as well. Um, yeah. And it was really good because I think we found like a really relatable moment with her where she talks about good girl syndrome and fighting that. Um, so yeah, it was such a great conversation with her. Yeah, and obviously finding fulfillment through photography as well. So um, it's great to kind of have that relatability, having started again and discovering who you are and and having that story of obviously we can all relate to, you know, following all the right steps that society has kind of asked of you, but you still kind of end up getting slapped in the face by your choices. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> and it's funny that because I mean we talk about this in the episode but we talk about how the universe has funny ways of putting us in the right path and um, yeah sometimes the universe does literally slap us in the face so um So I will kick us off for today. Emily Icciotti. Did I say your name right? Yes, perfectly. I love your name. It just, <laughs> I just oh, love it. Thank you so much for joining us on the I Fell Into This podcast. How's your day going? It's going great. Slow morning and just enjoying my routine, life. my morning routine, my life. Yes. Having a I good love coffee. It. Yeah. Yes. Oh. When, when people dive into your Instagram, they'll see that you are someone who probably has the most chill morning routine. <laughs> you just look like that girl, you know, you're walking around with your coffee, dancing around in your underwear or doing some <laughs> yoga. Or she just looks like that woman. Oh, oh my uh, God. I love it. <laughs> so I love that. And so without further ado, uh, as is customary, let's start with our number one question. Where would you like to start your story with us today? Oh, oh my God, it's such a beautiful question. I want my story to start when I decided to become a photographer. I think this is the, really the the time, the exact point where my life changed and I didn't even know about it. Like I didn't mm-hmm. even, I have goosebumps just like talking about this now, oh. but I didn't realize the impact of this small decision, which was a, a, almost like a silly decision. I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to like get into photography. It felt almost as like a joke because mm-hmm. I would tell you the story, but it's any, but then it changed so many things. It changed my entire life. Let's take it back a little bit because yeah. obviously everyone has like a starting point. And what led you up to that moment? What led you up to photography? Right. So uh, a little backstory about me. So I am French. I now live in Canada. I live in Edmonton, Alberta, but I was born and raised on an island called Reunion Island, which is near Madagascar, which is very far away 
from France also. So people are always confused. Mm -hmm. Is that a French island? (laughs) And I say, yes, it is a French island, but it's closest to Africa, Mauritius Island and Madagascar. So I was raised there, born there. And I went into law school because I wanted to make my parents happy. I call it the good girl syndrome. So I wanted to be a good girl. (laughs) And my parents had all those like beautiful dreams for me. And I wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to actually teach uh, French to English speaking people. And my parents are teachers. We're teachers and they're like, oh no, you should not go into teaching. This is too much. You should go to law school. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm not sure. It didn't feel like a calling. So, and still I was very young, you know, 18 years old, you don't know what to do with your life. And you're like, yeah, sure. I'll go to law school. And my parents think it's a good idea. So I'm just going to make them happy. So I go into law school and I love my studies. Actually, I did. I graduated after six years with a master's degree in intellectual property and new technology. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) So I've been a very good girl. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I always do it extremely good. (laughs) Like I just, you know, I'm like, oh, you told me to do this. I'm doing it. So, Mm -hmm. so. So, you know, of course, my parents are like super proud. Oh, my God, we have like a lawyer. If we have a lawyer in the family, this is great. And then I got my first job and it was just the biggest disappointment uh, of my life. Uh, I, yeah, because I, I had, again, I had all those dreams of like, oh, I'm going to finish my degree and get into the music industry because I wanted to work with artists. I wanted to be mm-hmm. the legal counsel for artists. I did my internship in a music company called BMG, which is now Sony BMG. And mm-hmm. I used to love it. It was great. I was like doing contracts for them, like, um, still the serious, legal counsel job, but in a very inspiring and interesting industry. Like who doesn't Mm -hmm. love like, you know, to work with artists and musicians and singers. And so it was fantastic. So in my head, it's like, oh, this is where I'm going. I'm going to have a job in this uh, industry. This is exactly what I want. I'm going to move to um, like have a little, a cute little apartment in Paris and, and be a, a lawyer for, for those people. And of course, the universe speaks in interesting ways. Uh, <laughs> it was, yeah, it was in 2000, I think. 2005 so the the internet bubble kind of like blew up uh, like all it was really it was not a good time for jobs and stuff like that so I was applying for jobs and people were saying well actually we had to like shut down this we don't have a job for all of you people Mm -hmm. now because everything we have less money we don't the money is gone Anyway, so, such a bad time to to be a new person on the job market, mm-hmm. especially. Yeah. Like, just stop you there for a second, because yeah. I remember how I felt when that happened to me. I had a part time job, and I I'd already done a degree in fine art photography. Yeah. So I I done my degree. I didn't do as well as you, but I got through it. And then I finished, and then like you say, there was this kind of like bubble, right? There were right. no jobs, and yeah. I almost felt like defeated. I felt like. I've done all this work. I've done my internship. I've done everything that I was supposed to do. And then I wasn't 
rewarded. Like, but the end result wasn't what my teachers and my parents had told me it would be. And you're already like in this great internship, you're about to get this job and you're just like, uh, wait a minute. How did you feel in that moment? I felt very, um, more than disappointed. Like I felt like, uh, oh, something is not working there. I've done all the steps and I'm not getting what I'm supposed to get. But at the same Mm -hmm. time, it's like, but that's not, is it really how life works? It's just like, oh, you follow all the steps and this is what you get. Uh, Mm -hmm. Like I felt like with girl syndrome, doesn't it? Because you're told. Follow the steps. Follow the steps. Be a good girl. Be nice. Be kind. Be, you know, all that that entire list of like, I'm speaking for women because I'm a woman. So, but it's like, just follow the rules. Be, you know, don't be too much this or too much that. And then you Mm -hmm. get what you're supposed to get. And this is how your life is supposed to unfold. So I felt like it's maybe it was kind of like the beginning of like, oh, actually just following the rules doesn't mean you're getting what you want or what you Mm -hmm. need or what is supposed to happen. It's more complicated than this. And so I felt really lost at that moment because I think it was the first time probably I was like, all right, I follow everything, follow the rules. I'm still not happy. I'm still not like finding joy or enjoying what I'm doing. And I have all of those like roadblocks coming up for me. And it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, okay. So then I kept going into this, uh, but of course, it led to more roadblocks because it's it's just like not where I, su- I was supposed to go. Um, so after that, yeah, I didn't get the job that I was supposed to get, feeling lost. So I'm like, oh, I guess I need to find a regular job, like just work in a private practice with a lawyer, become a, uh, become a legal assistant, because in France it's different. So I got my master's degree, but I'm not technically a lawyer, so I don't go to court. So I would have to do, to go to more, like more years to become a lawyer, basically. So I have a, basically another degree of being able to, you know, represent clients and stuff like that. But I was still able to work in uh, a legal field as a legal counsel, legal assistant, become the legal assistant for a lawyer. So in my head, it's like, okay, I'm going to like, you know, again, good girl syndrome, I'm going to be a good girl and just find a job where I'm going to get more experience in that mm-hmm. field. Because, this, of course, what people are used to say, it's like, oh, you're young, you need more experience. Experience, say, okay, yeah. But how do I get experience if I don't start anywhere? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> million dollar question. Million dollar question, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, give me, give me something. So I got this job, actually, I've, uh, back to rainy on island. So I applied for this position as a legal assistant to work with two lawyers. And so very small private practice, mm-hmm. two lawyers, one secretary and me as a legal assistant. So I was going, going to work with the main lawyer of this office. 
And it was just the worst experience. Not the worst. It's, it was a bad experience. I realized that I didn't like the job. I'm in that little office with my books and my files and all my documents. I'm just, I'm so lonely. I feel lonely in my mm-hmm. job. My boss is just a jerk. Sorry, I don't know if I can swear in this podcast. Yes, yes, no, it's yes. totally swear. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean more than jerk, but you get the idea. Like, yeah. Just <laughs> a, yeah, just a like a mean person and not very um not very caring, not very kind, and a little bit narcissistic. So uh, it was tough. I spent an entire year working with him, and I was just, I felt so depressed, like more and more depressed, almost to the point of like work harassment. Like you never know mm-hmm. what you're going to get from the boss because he's like, someday he comes up and he's like super sweet. He's like, how, are you, how was your evening? And you're talking like, yeah. what did you do yesterday? And you're like, okay, yeah. And then the next day he comes and he's like yelling at you in front of a client because Gosh. you you didn't come to an appointment that you didn't I didn't know that I was supposed to come to like yeah. I'm like oh, oh you never told me this and he's like yelling at me in front of the the client like oh are you coming to the meeting and I'm like I don't know I didn't know I was invited and That's so uh, anyway so unfortunate yeah. Yeah. right like I talked to people after that and I thought it was just me it's like oh is that's just him that's just, you know, one person. But I talked to people after that and I was talking about this experience and people say, no, we have been, I've been shamed. I've been, you know, diminished in my work environment, in front of clients, mm-hmm. in front of coworkers. And it's, and I'm like, oh, wow, no, <laughs> I don't want to work yeah. in that environment. Like this yeah. is not the, the type of work environment that I want for myself, but it's my first experience. Right. So it's like, oh, I'm taking the hits. I'm like, oh, you know, this is what it is to work and it's difficult but everyone else seems to be working the same and kind of like go along with this and I'm just like I guess I need to keep going so mm-hmm. again not really listening to my intuition that says yeah. get the fuck out of here <laughs> yeah. uh, and just be like oh well I guess this is what it is right this is what working with someone is and just follow following along but not really be like this is wrong I feel something is Mm -hmm. off something is off in this work relationship I don't think I'm supposed to be yelled at like on an a regular basis as a, mm-hmm. <laughs> as an employee yeah. or, or be put in situations that clearly make me uncomfortable, like not telling me, you know, oh, you're going to do this presentation with me. Like lots of things that it's like, oh, I don't think this is okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, as a young person, as like a, a young woman, the good girl, you know, in me, it's like, it's okay, just, you know keep going. So anyway, this first work experience as a legal assistant was absolutely the opposite of what I had pictured for myself as a lawyer, as someone working in that field. It was so far from the you know, fun and inspiring internship that I had where it's like, oh, you know, you work on contracts, but at the same time, you are like invited to like a concert because one of your artists is here for the week and he's like providing like a concert to Mm -hmm. the employees of the music company. So I was like, oh, I don't, this is not... Yeah, and also not, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and also working alone. Like I'm someone I I knew that about myself, but I didn't really 
realize how important it is for me to work with people and not just like have co-workers, but the sense of like, I'm part of a team. I'm working, you know, we're working together. It's a collaboration. We support each other. I need to be connected. And it's not just mm. like me working for the lawyer and be like mm-hmm. doing my job. And then he's like mean to me, right? He's like, as long as the job is done, I don't have to have any kind of like respect or kindness for you because I don't really care. And I'm like, that's not really what I want for myself. I don't want to just go to work nine to five, be so depleted, be so um, feeling so bad about myself. And then I get home and I I have to like deal with all of those feelings of like, Mm -hmm. oh, but I didn't have a good day. I did my job, but I feel so uh, uninspired and lost and depressed. Like this is not working for me. So after a year with this lawyer, I decided to quit and find another job. I finally had the courage to be like, okay, I'm ready for something else. So I found another job and it didn't go well either. And after that, I would say like each experience, like, I mean, I could talk about it for like hours. (laughs) Yeah. But each each experience was like another I would say realization that, oh, although this is not working for me. Oh, no, mm-hmm. that's not what I want for myself. Oh, I'm not in alignment with like the, the values of this company. Oh, that's not how I want to be mm-hmm. treated and how I want to treat people in a work environment. So all those things just like kept adding. And then... I tried a, another job and then another one. And then the last kind of like job in the legal field that I had, I I was like, oh, this one feels better. It was like a mix of human resources and being a lawyer, but in an accounting firm, which doesn't sound very exciting when I say it like this. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> Because you're like, what? Like nightmare. <laughs> now you have to deal with people. And yeah. Yes. And for me, but for me, you know, after a lot of like bad experience, like I had two other really bad experiences. So for me, this one felt a little bit better. And at that time, I I was uh, breaking up with my first boyfriend, like a long like boyfriend that I had for years. I moved to a new city, in, still in Reunion Island, but closer to my sister. So lots of changes related to this new job. And I felt like a, a, a new sense of hope. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm starting over and this one will be the good one. I feel like I'm finally like um, getting something that feels better, like feels more aligned with me. Mm-hmm, I'm going yeah. to work with different people, not just one lawyer. I'm going to be working with the, all the employees in that firm. So maybe this will be different. So I go in this like job with lots of hope. And again, the universe works amazingly because they so in France this is how that happens you when you get I don't know how it works in like the UK or the US but when you get hired for a job you have like a trial period okay Mm -hmm. so it's like it can be two months three months it's one month or so so for one month it's like you just new to the job and you or the employer can be like hey this is not really working so -hmm. we're just going to let you go but after this period you are officially hired in the company so 
I'm in this job and I'm like, oh, okay, it's it, of course, it's like a new job. So I need to like learn the new values and the things like all the processes, the workflows. Like, so I'm learning, but I'm like, oh, it's, it's going well. <laughs> And then I think a few days before my trial ends, uh, I'm asked to go uh, for an interview with the boss. And the boss is like, oh, this is not really going to work for us because you're not really like an accountant. And I'm like, "Uh, what? (laughs) And I'm like, you hired me to be a lawyer. What are you Uh talking about? Yeah. I know. And it was like, I was a little bit like, I'm like, oh, okay. You said you wanted this. You wanted someone who was able to write contracts and, you know, like write legal documents Mm -hmm. to support your your job. And they're like, yeah, but actually we thought about it and we want someone who is a little bit more comfortable with numbers. And I'm like, well, good luck to find this unicorn because a lawyer and accountant, that doesn't work together. It's just two different, I feel like it's two different things. Like it doesn't even, I'm like, good luck with this. So so I wonder if they found anyone. (laughs) Oh my God, I don't even know. I just, (laughs) everywhere I apologize. Yeah, probably never. Probably, I'm still probably looking. So I lost this job and I was like, oh, now I'm looking for a job. So at that time, I was already doing photography as a creative outlet. So I was like, okay, no job. I just left my relationship. I need to find something else. And then I was still living in Reunion Island at that time. And this is when I, I, I had this like idea of like, oh, maybe I could go into human resources because I kind of like the idea of like, oh, maybe the legal, like just being a lawyer is not really my thing. Maybe if I'm more involved with like relationships, like work relationships and human resources, maybe I will find more inspiration in, in my work. Uh, so I had this idea that, okay, let's find a program. Maybe I need to go do another degree. So that's when I found a master in human resources back where my parents uh, lived at that time. So they live in Normandy. So at that time I was in Reunion Island and I found this program, which is like in a city next to where my parents live. So I decided to leave everything behind. So I left my new apartment, the Reunion Island, and I moved back with my parents in 2009. And I'm like, I'm going to apply for this master's degree. I'm going to, you know, do this master's degree and then I will find a job in human resources. And I think this is it. I I feel it. (laughs) Again, full of hope. And, uh, you know, I'm going to do the steps. And this is how everything will work out. Did you feel at that time that it felt organic to walk away from law? And how did your parents feel about it when you were like, I'm just, I'm changing. This isn't working. This is obviously not for me. I feel like I didn't really have this conversation with them because I think they were seeing me kind of like struggling mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. find uh, a job that, that that I would just keep, keep, you know, it's like, oh, she just keep changing. So I don't really remember actually having the conversation with them. And it was just like me trying to figure it out and mm-hmm. me trying to like, okay, uh, clearly this is not working. So I need to find something else. So I just said, oh, I applied for this master degree and I'm moving back and they're like, yeah, okay, great. Like they were happy to kind of like have me Mm -hmm. closer to them anyway. So I think, yeah, it was kind of like whatever works, whatever works for you where you can have a job literally, Mm -hmm. because of course it's like my parents are like, you, you need to find something, you know, you need to find a job. 
So I applied and I get an interview because I was already a professional, like someone working at that time. So I have to go for an interview with the director of the master degree because they want to know who I am, why am I applying? Anyway, so I go to this interview. So I actually flew from Rainian Island to, like I packed all my stuff and I'm like, I'm out of here, start again, starting over. Mm-hmm. I'm starting over with a new life and new program in a new city. And so I flew from Union Island to France, go into the interview, and uh, and it's just the worst interview of my entire life. <laughs> like I felt so belittled and just shamed for who I am. Oh. This man was so mean and I was sitting there listening to him, just going through my resume and saying, oh, you have a lot of like, you did a lot of things. This is not good. Like you too, you're not very stable. You, why did you have, why did you do all of those jobs? And I'm like, because it's 2009 and nobody wants to yeah. like hiring me. <laughs> Why? Where? Where have you been living? Like everyone, oh, everyone is struggling to find a job, like a long time job. And this this man was just so like not like not kind, not caring. And and thinking about it later, I realized that this man was just like another slap in the face from the universe. And I, mm-hmm. like I said that a lot. It's like this. I think it's a quote from Oprah. Uh, of who knows, like that says the universe speaks to you in whispers and then you don't get, you don't understand, you don't hear it. So it's get a little bit louder. So then it's get a little bit louder because you still don't get it. And then at some point, the universe has to like slap you in the face because you still don't get it. So I think this man and this interview was my slap in the face that just was get out of this, get out of this, this field. Yes. You're not supposed to be there. (laughs) And (laughs) I, it's so, and I laugh. I mean, I laugh now because uh, it's so interesting when you reflect back, but I left this interview absolutely devastated. Mm-hmm. I was so crushed because, uh, again, it's like the good girl. I'm doing the good, all the good, the things that I'm supposed to do, and I follow the rules. And still, I don't get what I'm supposed to get. But it's not very kind. And why this is happening to me? And why can I not find a job? And why are those people rejecting me? So it's almost like um. Like it feels very heavy and like another slap in the face. And it's like, what am I supposed to do after that? Like, am I supposed to just give up and just like, and so, yeah, like all of those feelings of like losing hope and feeling crushed. Like really, I was crying inside, not outside. It was the second time as well. So like mm-hmm. you decided to move back and you're like, new hope, new opportunity. You're trying to create something for yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think so many people can relate to that because it's like you think 
your plan is going to be something. And like you just said, the universe always slaps you in the face yeah. with something else. And then you kind of look up in the sky and you're like, well, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> Where am I supposed to go? Yeah. And also I think it's like every time you have a plan and it doesn't go to plan, you go, you kind of assess and you go, right, which bit of that plan didn't work. And so like, the yeah. next time you readjust yourself. So you go, okay, so I want to work in an office and I want to work with people. So I'll go to human resources because that seems like a natural step. And then right. to then be crushed again so yeah it just shows also perseverance and assessment each time of going which part of my plan did not work <laughs> what do I change the next time so right when, when you walked out the interview and you felt crushed what what was different this time compared to the other times where the plans hadn't right. gone to plan I think this was the first time that I had this uh this thought of like oh this is not working oh mm-hmm. this is not where I'm supposed to be maybe not as clear as I'm saying it now, because yeah. of course, uh, you know, it's uh, in the moment you don't really, you have all of those feelings and all those emotions to to deal with. And you're like, oh, I'm, I'll just try again. But almost this like knowing that's like, oh, this is it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was it. Like for, really like finally this moment of like, clear knowing of like, I need to move on from this. I need to find something else. I don't think I can't keep going like this, mostly because my heart can't take it anymore. Almost Mm -hmm. to the point where it's like, I'm so heartbroken from all of this. Mm -hmm. I don't think I can take this. I don't think I can take another hit. It's just, I'm just going to like get more crushed. And I'm like, I I don't want that. This is it. Yeah, that feeling is such a feeling that I'm sure 99% of people will just feel in their heart because I think we've all been there. There's, there comes a point where you're just so heartbroken and like you just you can't imagine feeling any more beaten than that moment. No. Yeah, especially around 2009, 2010, even 2011. Yeah. Like there was nothing. There was no. nothing. I do, no. I remember I had a part time job. And I was doing photography and both of those things failed for me because yeah. no one had faith in anybody else. It's very different to the, I guess, the recession we went through afterwards where it's a very yeah. different world. And so like what Tina says, how did you move on from that and what felt different? But also what did you learn about yourself in that moment when you were like, your realization was coming through that this isn't for me. <laughs> so what is it that I like? What does Emily right. actually feel like is right for her moving forward now? Mm-hmm. I think I had this thought of like, I need to like do something for me now. I need to mm-hmm. really actually check in with myself. And it, I say it now, but I'm almost, I'm like thinking of the, this person, like this version of me. And I'm like, I really didn't know that I was doing this, but I. this is how it, it feels now. It's like, oh, finally, I'm like, oh, I need to do something. What do I really want to do? And finally, this feeling of like, I don't, I can't just keep, you know, following what other people are, are, are telling me I should do. Let's try something different there. Let's try, how about me? Mm-hmm. Up until that point, do you think that you were navigating through the world of work with kind of with the notion of, I guess, taking action forward because you were doing it for others? And was that others, your parents? Were you just taking those steps forward with them as the primary person that's kind of almost like leading you forward? Does that make sense? 
Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. totally. I was always, I'm, I'm a recovered people pleaser. This is what I call myself now. <laughs> uh, Can you I'm tell us how what? you recovered? Because we're still there. <laughs> <laughs> still well, we right. need another podcast for this. Because <laughs> yeah. this is... <laughs> Uh, but it has been my entire life and it comes mm-hmm. from, you know, this is another like topic of like childhood trauma and just like, and, and when I talk, when I said trauma, I'm like, this is not like, uh, it doesn't feel huge, but when you just accumulate so many things of like not trusting yourself and not following what your intuition says, but going through like, oh, I'm just going to like trust everyone else around me, but not listening to myself. Like mm-hmm. it, this has been years of like me doing this. So mm-hmm. of course, uh, when I get to the point where I was like, oh, I cannot do that anymore because the entire time I was just like following what everyone else was saying. And yes, like the other people around me were leading me and leading mm-hmm. my life. Mm-hmm. Oh, you should do this. Oh, you should do that. Even like the, the, the bosses and the job, it's like, oh no, you're not good enough for this. or good, not good enough for that. But it's like, oh, I never actually asked myself, is that really something that is actually aligning with me? And mm-hmm. I ne- actually never wanted to be there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, actually, no, I, this yeah. is really not the journey and the path that I wanted for myself. <laughs> I don't know how I got there. I got not the path. I got These are not somewhere. my people. <laughs> no, those are not my people. You, all of you there, no. like, being mean to each other this is not the vibe that I want for my own mm-hmm. life so, so you got out of that interview and this is when you started to think right I've, I've been leading my life kind of letting other people lead me in terms of my actions my decisions and so you were doing photography on the side how did listening to your intuition and listening to your guts progress so at that time, yes, I was doing photography as a creative outlet, as a hobby because I was doing scrapbooking which is really funny because I don't even talk about scrapbooking anymore but I guess Aww. again it's like those things that we do and you're like oh, I used to do scrapbooking do you remember this <laughs> and uh, I was taking those photos because I needed photos to do my scrapbooking pages so it was very interesting how this came into my life because nobody is my in my family is a, a photographer a creative person I have a family of teachers teachers mm-hmm. and nurses and teachers and <laughs> my grandfather <laughs> was a yeah. My grandfather was a teacher. My parents were teachers. My uncles and aunts are teachers. Like this is crazy. <laughs> this is so funny when I talk about it because I'm like, yeah, we are not entrepreneurs. We are not business owners. So for me, I never thought of like, oh, I'm going to be a photographer because it's not, mm-hmm. this is not a real job. Like it, mm-hmm. it, this is not a, a job that I can have that is going to like pay my bills and sustain myself. So it never even occurred to me. <laughs> to do this and I was just like taking photos on the side and like loving it because it's like I'm not uh in my head I'm just like creating I go out I take photos of flowers and you know trees and stuff and it's great so then after this interview of course I'm crushed and I I I met this friend online through scrapbooking through the scrapbooking community and she's a mom of three and she's like uh, this is uh, again also a creative outlet like something that she does because she needs like you know express herself and she tells me she said you know what I decided to become a photographer I'm going to start photography full-time why don't you also do it and I joked uh with her at that time I'm like who is going to pay me money to take photos and and I laughed because I was like uh what 
Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, and why not? <laughs> yeah. yeah. We've I'm not doing anything now. else. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm rock bottom. I'm, I've hit rock bottom. I'm like at the lowest like level of like mm. confidence, like whatever. Anything mm. that maybe can make me like find a little bit of hope, I'll take it. Because mm-hmm. at that point, I'm like, I don't have anything left. I don't, I don't have a job. I don't have an apartment. I don't have a boyfriend. I don't have. <laughs> yeah, you're, like, you're at your parents. You're I'm like, I've got a camera. Years old, living back with my parents for fuck's sake. <laughs> but you had I a mean, camera. You had a camera. <laughs> a little bit of hope. Yeah, yes. a little bit of hope. And I had my laptop where I was doing like scrapbooking. And it's like, oh. I, I, this is all I have. And she said that to me and she's like, I will help you build a website. Uh, I think she was my little angel sa- mm-hmm. uh, sent from the universe. You know, oh, those people who are like just yeah. show up in your life and they're like, oh, I'll help you do this. Oh, it's okay. We can do it together. Or like, oh, here's this. Because and you're like, oh, this is exactly what I was yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you come from? So she helped me, like, really. She's like, okay, this is what I'm using for my website. So you need to buy this. And I'm like, okay, I'm buying this. Like, you know, buying templates. And it was 2009. So before social media, mm-hmm. or social media was just starting. And so everything was like, you need a blog, you need a yes. website. Uh, I don't think Facebook was big even at that time. So you need mm-hmm. to blog and write and have beautiful images. So I'm like, you know what? Why not, actually? I had employment benefits for a year. So I was like, I'm just going to try for a year and see how it goes and we'll get from there. So being my website, start. I start like asking people, do you need photos? I take photos of you. Like, who who needs photos? (laughs) Just to build my portfolio, like so desperate. It's like, but it didn't feel like being desperate at that time. It felt Mm -hmm. actually extremely energizing and like, oh, I, again, like, oh, I have a new goal and like a new, I'm starting over. Like again, this idea of starting over, but this time it felt more aligned because I was doing this for me. And I was mm-hmm. like having fun doing this. It was actually the first time that I'm like, oh, this is actually fun. Like taking photos Aww. of people. Oh, absolutely. Yes. And it's like, I was actually living in Normandy. So with my parents and I was taking the train a lot to Paris because they live two hours from, from Paris by train. So it's actually super easy to go for the day, do a, a few sessions and come back. And I didn't have to pay rent for an apartment. So everything was perfect. It was like, I'm making money and I'm building my portfolio and and it didn't feel like heavy or you know like work actually it Mm -hmm. didn't feel like Mm -hmm. work because I was like having fun meeting those people and even if it was just for a session but it's like oh I actually enjoy this for the first time in like so many years Mm -hmm. this is something that I enjoy so I was like Hmm, okay there's something there but again like I reflect to it now at that time I was not like so aware about all of those things. Mm-hmm. I was just like in it. So I was in, the, yeah. but it felt good. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it was, and I can imagine it was so dramatically different to what you've done before. You'd gone from being in an office, being with like your paperwork and one boss to now you're like on the train, meeting new people every day, walking. And I think we forget how much like that physical activity is so beneficial for our bodies as opposed to just sitting down all day at a desk. So even just being active every day was just giving you this energy and this adrenaline that was just like, you know, feeling endorphins, like happy, you know, happy feelings all around. Yeah. Exactly. And just like feeling inspired and feeling almost like a sense of purpose or see of like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm like taking photos of those people and it's like family photos. So these people have like uh, uh, photos for their families. Oh, this woman is pregnant. I'm taking photos of her uh, maternity photos for her. Or like, oh, this couple, they get newly engaged. So having a different sense of like, why am I doing, like I'm doing this for a purpose, not mm-hmm. just like I'm sitting at my desk and like, writing like legal documents but like oh but what is exactly apart from like yeah paying my bills and paying my rent it's like what who am I helping and why am I doing this so it was almost more direct mm-hmm. yeah I think that tangibility as well like you're taking a picture and you can see like oh and I love the the feeling of like taking a picture even if it's not perfect but I can kind of visualize how I'm going to edit it later and did that kind of bring you joy as well because you're looking at people being happy doing a happy thing and you're also doing it for yourself so what did that kind of sense of freedom really feel like for you not being forced to be there or not being there just for the paycheck but being there because you can Mm -hmm. physically like see the benefits Yeah. So after that, it was like really, uh, because I felt in charge after that, like, you know, I'm in charge now. Mm -hmm. I I take the photos and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to edit this this way. And it's like, oh, now I'm like, oh, I should do some more research about like, oh, what is the best, what are the best editing tools or like learning new techniques. Like I would just uh, suddenly be like, oh, there's so much more that I can learn. And I'm not just like sitting at my desk being miserable, but like I, I, I can learn more techniques. I can like go online, like on forums and stuff like that. And like learn about like, Oh, how do I photograph this? Like it's, it feels more engaging and mm-hmm. more interactive and, uh, and stimulating know, as well. Stimulating. Yes. Like just mm. the, this idea that like, Oh, it's not like I'm sitting there and the work comes to me and I just do it. It's like, oh, I am also active in this. I'm also researching. I'm also like learning. I'm also engaging with new people. So all of this felt, yeah, great stimulation and just all those like more rewarding feelings, like feeling, Mm -hmm. oh, finally, I feel rewarded with something. And it's not huge. It's not like suddenly I'm like, oh, super famous, you know, photographer makes millions, but it's not even the point. It's like, I just need something to like, keeps me going every day. And, and if I can find like that joy, that happiness Mm -hmm. in those little moments of like the, you know, the client who sent me an email and say, Oh my God, I love my photos. Oh, I printed them and they are in my, you know, living room now. Thank you so much. And I'm like, Oh, so good. I love feeling this. I love feeling that I made like someone else happy and not just like in a way that I'm like, it's, it's for the both of us. Like I felt like I did my job and they also feel happy for Mm -hmm. the job that I did. So 
yeah, all of this was like a new kind of like way of feeling for me. <laughs> it's like, oh, I yeah. can actually be happy and in my job. Yeah. How fantastic is this? You thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And how did you build on that? Because it's also an overwhelming feeling. Like you say, you're finally in control. There's no like scary or mean boss coming in to tell you to finish this report or have you done this research or have you contacted this client? It's just you. So how did you build that? And most importantly, when did you move out of your parents' house? (laughs) (laughs) That is the next story because uh, so um, I realized that Yes, I'm in charge, but also I need to be organized and consistent. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the way I show up, like the way I deliver my images. So I realized, okay, yes, it's a fun job, but also there is a lot of responsibility because I, of course, I am in charge. There's nobody to like back me up if I fuck up something. Like I'm the one mm-hmm. responsible. So then of course it's like, oh, I need like more external, like the silly thing. I need more external hard drives to like, you know, store my <laughs> images <laughs> because I need to like have a backup or like I need to be organized for like have a way to invoicing people that is like, you know, um, easy for them. Like all of those things that like, we don't really talk about. Like it's like how to run a business actually. Like mm-hmm, you need mm-hmm. all of those things to to have a business that is working so your clients are happy and your clients have what they hire you for. So, so yeah, and I learned all of this like in the work. Like I was doing it and learning at the same time because there's no, mm-hmm. and I'm like, why nobody had a class about taxes and it's also where you kind of feel grateful for that corporate brain because you're like oh I can sit at a desk and yeah make an invoice and email 10 people at the same time and then be like okay I'm gonna have a coffee break you know you have that almost discipline ingrained in you already and that's the only time you're thankful for (laughs) yes yeah no but that's true the discipline I'm like I'm my contracts were like on fire like my the contract that I sent to my clients were like I had a few clients who actually were lawyers and I sent my contracts to one of them and they're like your contract is really good and I'm like thank you thank you thank you I didn't waste all those years yes I did it myself (laughs) and he's like oh yeah right you were a lawyer and I'm like yes so so yeah so it's like the discipline and like being consistent and having like all the process uh, all the processes the workflows that you know support your business so I was doing all of this and I was learning and I was new but at the same time everything felt challenging but also extremely um challenging in a positive way not like Mm -hmm. heavy but more like oh okay oh right, I need to like find a way to like uh, do this so that it's like easy for me and easy for my clients. And, you know, even the way that I deliver images is like, I used to do like USB drives, like uh, people don't do that anymore because now we do everything online, but it's like, how do I deliver? Do I need to burn a CD? A new person who is listening to the podcast don't know what burning a CD is. So. <laughs> I was burning CDs like let's be honest like I was like 
And I was like, oh, I need to make this pretty, you know, like all of the things. Like I was everyone in my, I had so many roles in my company because I was learning at the same time, but it was so fun. And that's how I realized that's how I learned. I need to find fun. I need to find joy. I need to be challenged in a way that is like bringing me some like positive things like I cannot be this is not me like I'm not someone who is like uh motivated by even competition feels a little bit gross uh, to me and I realized I learned that I'm a highly sensitive person so competition doesn't it's not good I'm like no you do you and you do your competition with yourself (laughs) don't don't bring me in this (laughs) Like I used to hate all of those like forums where people were like, oh, you don't do it properly. Like photographer used to like have those, all those forums where they would talk about photography, but it's always um, very uh, arrogant and like, oh, I know better than you because (laughs) I do this this way and you know nothing. And I'm like, "Uh, well, whatever. Sure. Okay. You do you. (laughs) Yeah. And this is how it comes back to that learning aspect. And that's why I asked you that question about what you learn about yourself, because even in photography, when you get into it, I I always felt that it was just too techy for me. And, and not that it was too techy for me to learn, but other people made me feel that way. So I gave up and I want to get back into it and I will get back into it. But I felt like I almost had to take a break from it because it just seemed like you said too competitive when you go on those Facebook forums and it's like people showing off their pictures and it just got more and more and more photoshopped. And then that became its own niche where people would over Photoshop pictures. It basically become fantasy. And I was like, I, I don't know how to do any of this stuff. I just know how to work with natural light and people in my studio and so even being maybe a woman in the industry, how did you deal with that aspect of people telling you that you're maybe not smart enough or you're not techy enough or you're not, you know what I mean? In that, in that learning period when, and, and good for you for not giving up because statistically, I think most women give up in the photography industry before men do. So right. how did you deal with that in the learning period as well? Yeah, I felt the same uh, as you. I felt like I was like not technical or not it's not just I was not technical I realized I'm not drawn to it I'm not mm-hmm. actually I realized I'm not interested in it because for mm-hmm. me the photo is not about the technical aspects it's about how do you feel when you look at this photo what does this image bring into your you know into your heart like what type of feelings does that bring um mm-hmm. So, yes, it was really hard because I was like, oh, I'm not really into like those like, oh, you know, post a photo and post all of your settings. And I'm like, I don't know. I know how to take a photo. Like I learned the, I learned this, the, the settings to then let go of this because mm-hmm. a photo is not about, oh, I'm going to keep my face looking at all the settings and looking at the back of my camera and not connecting with my client mm-hmm. because I'm so like technical that it's like oh this is the most important thing in a photo shoot actually no what is happening in the photo shoot is the most important thing how your client is like standing over there wondering what the fuck are you doing staring at the back of your camera for like 10 minutes because you're like so stressed about oh my god this other photographer on this forum said that i need to shoot at like uh f250 and i saw 
blah 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 and it's like yeah but you're missing the point you're missing the she's uh, she's doing something right now that you're like i should be photographed this but you're like so into the technical aspect that you're losing the connection so what is the mm-hmm. point of that like if you can't so for me i and i had to make peace of this that actually this is not that i'm not good at it I have no interest in going into the technical of photography and this is totally okay. I actually learned mm. that, um, what's his name? Karl Lagerfeld, which we, who is a photographer, uh, yeah. didn't know how to use the camera. Like he did, like his job was not to be the technical photographer, but more the visionary and the artist and someone would prepare all of this. And he would say, I want my image to look like this. and look like that. You prepare the camera for me. And I'm like, and how many people are like looking at like Carla Gaffes or even Annie Lebovitz? I, I assume Annie Lebovitz know how to, you know, use a camera, but mm-hmm. <laughs> people is like, if this idea of like, you can be the most, you know, technical photographer, and mm-hmm. missing so many photos because you are not connecting in the moment with your subject, with your client, with what's happening, because being technical doesn't equal being a good photographer for me. I know that it's important to know how to take a, expose properly and take a proper photos. Absolutely. And you need to let go of this because actually mm-hmm. a lot of photos that I love, I miss the focus it was a little bit blurry, yeah. a little bit underexposed because I forgot to like switch my you know, the lighting or anything like that. The yeah. lighting and it's like, yeah, but the moment is still here. The moment is the beauty of the photo. I still feel something when I look at this image. I feel something. And for me, that's the most important thing. So, yes, I used to read all of those forums and all of those people are like, oh, you know, you need to know your gear, blah, blah, blah. And I almost feel like it was at some point uh, and I'm going to be gender specific. It's like a, yeah, like a man versus woman, like men photographers, women photographers, like uh, thing. It's like, oh, women are not technical and they do natural light and men love light photography and studio photography and they know their gear and they are technical. Whatever. But yes and no. It's like, I know women photographers who are very technical and know their shit. They know their studio setting. It's not like one, you know, definition of like, oh, if you're a woman photographer, you do this. If you're a man photographer, you do that. But mm. I felt like people were like, yeah, like men photographers were kind of like looking down on women photographers because it's like, oh, but you uh, only do natural light and you don't really like, oh, you should shoot with those settings because actually this is not r- right for, uh, you know, this setup. And then one day I was shooting a wedding and also natural light photographer so I didn't really use I, I use flash but different at certain time of the weddings and I was shooting with this guy and um he was the videographer on the oh he was a guest I can't remember anyway he was talking to me he's like a photographer slash videographer and he loves uh he wants to 
to talk shop with me shooting this wedding. And he's like super nice. And he actually said to me, he's like, uh, and he was like a commercial photographer. So he's someone who has, I had a studio and was like really into lighting. And he comes to me and he said, I really admire what you're doing. And I'm like, what? And he's like, you have no idea how much skills it takes to shoot a wedding for like 10 hours and assess like every time, like every frame you take, you work with the light. And I, mm-hmm. I was like, and I, I couldn't really understand first what he was saying. I'm like, oh, he's going to tell me that I'm like, I'm not a real photographer because I don't use lights. And he actually told me the opposite. He's like, no, you don't control the natural light. So actually mm-hmm. you need to be more on top of things because you there's no control here. When I'm mm-hmm. in the studio with the light, I set up my studio lights in a certain way and that's it. And I'm in control, like it's it's easier actually, because I have one setup, I have those settings that I found that I found, and I'm using them, versus shooting natural light and moving from one scene to another, is a total different experience, and you need so much more skills to do that. And he told me that, and I was just like flabbergasted. I was like. Oh my God. Well, thank you for saying this because that was coming out of nowhere. Like I was not even like trying to be impressive or like, you know, and he's like, I really admire what you're doing. I would, and he said, I would not be able to do that. I am a technical photographer. I need my, my commercial lights, my studio lights. And it's actually giving me anxiety, like thinking that I need to shoot in natural light because I don't know what I'm going to get. So good for you for doing this. And this is, this blew my mind because we doing all of, we're like so much in our stuff and we don't see like the skills that we have and like how we also appear to other people. bring it back to how you got to Canada and how you developed your own base and everything like that because yeah. I love the business model that it's kind of morphed into and obviously you've taken that kind of message of being a woman in an in- industry and wanting to see other women succeed as well so talk to me about how you eventually went from France to Canada and and started building your own journey and your own voice within photography yeah so after shooting weddings for five years six years uh so I first year I booked 10 weddings second year I booked 15 25 like I booked more and more weddings every year after like this first year of just like I'm going into photography the next year 15 weddings booked (laughs) so it it went suddenly it was like oh everything is happening so and I was like like, I'm like rolling with the thing, right? It's like, oh, I'll just keep going, I guess. And then in 2010, I met, so actually just a year after starting, I met uh, my ex-husband and we're like, and he said, oh, I'm moving to, let's move to Canada. And I'm like, okay, sure. Why not? <laughs> anyway, that's another story, another podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was like going with the flow and I'm like, oh, okay, sure. Let's move to Canada then. So moved to Canada. We moved to Montreal. He got a job in Montreal. And so I was shooting weddings 
for like, I was training with it for two years at this point. And then in 2016, so we were living in Montreal and he got a job in Edmonton. And at that time I was shooting weddings, but I was starting to feel tired of weddings. And I felt my creativity was kind of like losing its spark. So I was like, oh, I, I don't really, I need to like give myself a pep talk before a wedding day. So something is off. So, and at that time I loved portraits, but again, still this, uh, you know, good girl syndrome. People who used to tell me, it's like, oh, but you can't really like do, you can't really make money with portraits. So the weddings, this is where the money is. And I was like, okay, yeah, but I'm kind of like tired of it. So I would love to move to something else. And at that time, again, I don't really, I didn't really know what it was going to look like. But at that point, I was more, uh, I was listening more to myself. Like I was more also... I was trusting myself more. So I knew that I had to go there. Not sure what it's going to look like, but just following the breadcrumbs and be like, okay, I don't know what it's going to be. But so I decided when my ex said, oh, we're going moving to Edmonton. And I said, okay, then I'm going to move to Edmonton as a portrait photographer. And I don't know Mm -hmm. what I'm going to do, but I don't want to be a wedding photographer there. I don't want to shoot weddings anymore. So I finished the weddings that I booked. I was like, uh, I got rid of all of the weddings on my website. I'm showing portraits. And before I moved to to Edmonton, I did this session with a friend of mine. She's a makeup artist in Montreal. And I said, hey, I'm going to book a studio for two hours. Would you pose for me? Uh, and she's like, okay, what is what are we doing? And I said, well, I don't know. I just bring a few outfits and I'm not sure. I just want to take photos of you. It's going to be portraits, lifestyle. Um, we'll see. So this was like the, the starting point of after that became my most, you know, popular package because this session started everything. Because mm. finally I was like, okay, I think this is what I want to do. I want to be in a space with a woman for two hours, one hour, two hours. And I want, I, I want to give her that time to just be yourself and be photographed in a way that she wants and not because uh, she's a mom or because she's a fiance or because she's a wife just because she's herself. But it's like all of this was kind of like not defined. Like it was just like, oh, this would be cool to do this. Like I was just like following my intuition, like just going with the flow. And then I was talking to a friend and she's like, oh, I love the session that you did with her. And what are you going to call it? And I'm like, I don't know. Like I I don't really have an idea of uh, like a title for it. And she's like, oh, you should call it the truth in you. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yes. Oh my God. I had like all the goosebumps when she said that. And I'm like, the truth in you. Yes. So this session started. I did all of Alex, um, all of my other sessions because yeah. after that I was like, okay, this is the the framework. This is how I wanna I wanna serve women, and I wanna be like, okay, you are allowed to book this, you know, photo shoot for you because we. Uh, I always had this like tendency, like this idea of like, oh, but you know, we always photograph women when they um, when they follow a role that society gave them. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. you are, you get engaged. So you are a fiance. So you get photos because for the engagement, then you are a bride, you are a wife, then you are a mom. 
then you or you are an employee like the all the roles that you are you have in society but with no space for someone who doesn't fit in those like little boxes it's like okay mm-hmm. but what if i don't get married what if i don't have kids what if i don't i have i'm actually not an employee i'm a you know freelance person so i guess i'm just invisible i don't get my photos taken because I don't fit into those criteria. So mm-hmm. I am not allowed. I like, I use quotes, like I'm not allowed to be like photographed or like to book a photo shoot for myself. Because if I go to a photographer and I say, Hey, I just want photos on myself. They're going to be like, okay, so what do you want? Do you want a boudoir shoot? Do you want a maternity shoot? You don't want, and they and you're like, no, I, I'm no, I don't have a husband. <laughs> So I'm not <laughs> for, or maybe I do boudoir for me, but they would be like, yeah, but what's the point? Like, you know, all of those ideas that we have that it's like, oh, we're doing, uh, women do all of those things for someone else. It's like, oh, I take family photos because for my kids. Or I take you know, boudoir photos for my husband. I headshot because of my job. Uh, yeah, but do you want it? How about you do it for yourself? Like mm-hmm. maybe you just want photos of you like in a gown. And uh, you are allowed to do that, right? And so almost like we have to like remind women and it's like, it's okay. Like you can have stuff that you just want for you. (laughs) This is totally fine. So all of this started with this idea of like seeing all this invisible women. Because I also Mm -hmm. had the theme in my life that I was invisible. What I really want doesn't really matter. And we go back to the theme of like, you know, I just follow what other people tell me to do because I'm not really uh, my own person. I just go along with what other people say I should be doing or saying. Mm -hmm. How did you get the clientele and build the clientele and explain to them the model? Was it purely your website? And how did you entice people to understand that model and find your word? So, of course, I'm talking about this like five years later. So, of course, it's like, oh, just need to do it. No, it took me five years, six years Mm -hmm. uh, to get to the point because, of course, it's not like instant. It's not like, oh, I decided to be a uh, woman portrait photographer. So, here we go. Uh, Of course, it's like, so right away, I didn't get the clients that... like the ideal client, like this idea of like, oh, this is exactly the woman that I want to photograph, of course, because it's like, I need to, yeah, like put this message out there. Uh, I've, yeah, you're changing minds almost. Yeah, yeah. I have one mm-hmm. person getting it and this person is like showing other people. And I and mm-hmm. my goal is to just like one client at a time. And it's like, okay, maybe this one was not my, you know, ideal client, but I know that, I'm getting there or I'm like changing from this experience with this client. Maybe I'm like changing, bringing something different uh, or like changing my packages a little bit. Like I used to uh, not do uh, headshots. I don't like the word headshots. This is, this is gross to me. I like portraits. (laughs) But I used to, yeah, I used to not do, you know, some people just want a very good portrait of themselves that they can use on uh, LinkedIn, on Facebook for their job, you know, but no, not attached to like a very um, 
complicated, you know, photo shoot. They just want like a short time and it's like, and they get five good photos. So I used to not do that because I was like, oh, this is not, I don't really feel like it. But then I realized, oh, wait, there is a need there. There is people who don't want to go to, you know, the a photographer, traditional photographer that is like, it's five minutes and they, it's like one flash and one setup. And, but then the client hates their portrait because it's like, oh, I was mm-hmm. almost like, you know, caught in the, in the light and I, <laughs> I look terrified. Uh, because I also had to develop th- this idea that uh, my way of doing my work is that I take the time. So, for example, I only do one photo shoot a day. I mm-hmm. even for, for headshots, for portraits, I take one hour. And I don't care that people say, yeah, I don't really need, it's too long. And I'm like, no, you need, we need this. Because mm-hmm. let me tell you, when you sit in front of this camera for the five first minutes, you're not, you know, comfortable and it's actually a very um i don't know weird experience so this idea that like uh i also choose the way i do my sessions so working with different clients actually helped me uh creating more offerings that would really fit and really follow a need that I, I, I didn't realize people really had, like a maternity session that is not like, you know, traditional, something that is more, a little bit more editorial or like look at a bit more fashion than what we usually see for maternity session, for example, because some people don't want that. So all of this, so I didn't get the clients that I wanted right away, but I knew that if I kept going and every time I have a new client and I can almost like refine my, you know, offerings to be like, okay, I didn't really like what happened in that session with this client. So I need to like make sure that next time this offering is going to follow this process because that's how I want the photo shoot to unfold and to happen because this is, I know this is how I create the photos and the photos um, that I create in that space I, I I hope that some people will be attracted to those images. So then when they see those images, they're like, oh, okay, I need to hire her because she's the one who is able to like, you know, get this from me. Oh, I can see that she's the person that can create this for someone like me who might not want like the traditional, you know, happy, go lucky or like a super, mm-hmm. no, like different style. So yeah. I had to be, be very um, okay. Like intentional. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And intentional and okay with like, this is the style that I want to do. And it's totally okay that some people don't, you know, want to this style, but I just follow my intuition on this. We had another, someone else that we did a podcast episode with and they said that they didn't want to work with certain types of clients that maybe didn't align with their values because they were almost going through the same thing. How much of your kind of building of 
encouraging other women also built you up? Because I know you mentioned your ex. Obviously, when you moved to Edmonton, Alberta, you were with your husband, um, your ex-husband, but then obviously things changed. So there must have been a transition period for you all also in empowering yourself in that kind of transition period. So how was that in the building of your brand and, and this new concept that you were offering women and in helping you basically? Yeah. So I always say that the work that my clients are doing, like the healing, like I go through the same, like I, I go through the heartbreak. I go through the period of sadness or the lack of confidence. Like when I talk to my clients about, you know, the things that they go through is because I went through the same thing. So I always try to really stay authentic, authentic and true to what I'm, I don't like the word selling because, <laughs> but what I'm, you know, talking about, yeah, like the photo shoots that I, that I offer, I know that some of them can be part of your, you know, healing process. Like I know for me, I was heartbroken, single, divorced, and I did a photo shoot with a friend and I look at the photos and the photos, you know, represent that time of my life. And I can, just by looking at those photos, I can go back to the feeling of the the person that I was at that time and the, the hardships that I, she was going through and like the heartbreaks and the insecurities and all of those things. So it's almost like a, like a testimonial of like what your life is. And I mean it when I said photography can be healing. Uh, because of course we talk about photography as, you know, it's superficial because this idea of like celebrities and social media, people are just, you do this, you like showing off and look at my expensive outfit and things like this. But photography can actually be extremely, extremely helpful to just allow yourself to be who you are in that moment, no matter what you're going through and have this memory, maybe not for other people, just for yourself. I had a client. Oh, oh. this is making me so emotional. No worries, take your time. Um, because, you know, sometimes I have, oh my God, I cry every day, so don't worry about it. <laughs> Uh, but it's it's interesting because so I have the clients that come to me and I don't always realize that what they're going through. And I had this client, she came to me and she was going through a divorce and she uh, she's, she booked this session and she has a makeup done and she's, you know, coming to the session and she's like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm doing it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, totally fine. And we do the session and she actually didn't like the photos because of her makeup. So, and for me, it was like, oh my God, I failed her. I failed her. And, but it's, it has nothing to do with me. And so I deliver photos and she's like, okay. But she was very honest with me. She's like, it's not your photos. But actually I look at the, the images and, and I didn't recognize myself. And I don't, I think this is the makeup. This is what's too much. I should have just come to the session, you know, with like no makeup or doing my own makeup. And I'm like, you know what? Let's do it again. 
let's do another try. Let's come to my studio. At that time I was shooting in a, the first shoot that we did with her was like in a big studio. And I'm like, this time I was shooting in my home, in my little apartment. And I was like, come to my little studio at home <laughs> and let's do it again. And no, don't book a makeup artist. Just do your own makeup and let's do it again. And she came and we did something completely different. And I was like, Okay. And I was not doing this from a place of like, oh, I need to fix it. And I need to make her happy because she's going to be like a, a customer that is going to like give me a bad review. I was doing this again from like, oh, I, but I want you to see yourself. I want mm-hmm. you to see how beautiful you are. I see you and I'm like, oh, how are you not seeing this? <laughs> you are go- Your smile is beautiful. You're gorgeous. And whatever you're going through deserves to like... um have a, have a space and have a place. And also I hope you can see how beautiful it is, you know, all of the things that you're like feeling right now. So we do the sessions and she's like, oh my God, I love those photos so much better. Like, thank you. And she sent me the most beautiful review. And I'm going to say it without crying again. Uh, but she said, I had no real purpose for this session except maybe to see myself for the first time and not even to be seen by other people, but just to be seen by me. And it's, I mean, I have nothing left to say after that. Like this review will always be the the review that it's, this is why I'm doing this. This Mm -hmm. is, I, it doesn't matter. Like, you're not doing this for anyone else than yourself. And even if you do the session and you don't even share the photos and you just keep them for yourself, this is exactly how it's supposed to be. So yeah, that was one of the most uh, surreal experience to be with this person and say, yes, you, you are allowed to see yourself. You, this is, you, you can do this. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's heart wrenching because I just did a female session the other day and I just sent Tina the same message because someone said something very similar to me and the fact that people are living like that every day. And Tina always says the reason we're doing this podcast is because life has so many nuances. You know, you see the beauty and you see the pain and everything. And just for someone to even book a photo session and go to the photo session during such a vulnerable time is a testament to having someone available to be able to empathize with someone going through something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. That story to me also just really confirms how much as individuals, we need to feel connected to ourselves and we need to understand and see ourselves. And I can imagine going through a divorce, you know, because I think like when I go through a breakup, Mm -hmm. you lose your sense of self. You lose who you are. You lose that I am this person's partner or my life is like structured this way. I wake up and I do this. So you've 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 got to find yourself in loss yes and that story just really just you know 
I just feel like, especially as women, like we just need to know who we are. We mm-hmm. just have to understand. Mm-hmm. And like you said, in society, there's so many stereotypes or there's so many labels attached to us. And it's just like, I'm not any of that. I'm me, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? Yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. And also at the same time that, you know, I'm showing up for my clients and I'm offering this, this safe space. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, well, I'm doing this for myself too, because I'm also uh, divorced. I was also going for, you know, a hard time or a heartbreak and starting over and just all of those things. And yeah, like photography for me, it's not superficial. Um, Mm -hmm. It's something that I hope people understand that it's like something that can really help you going through those hard times. And yeah, just being, you know, giving this space to yourself, like being kind to yourself. And maybe this is show yourself kindness in a different way. Maybe it's not a photo shoot. Maybe it's like a tree. Whatever you want to do and allowing yourself to just do that for yourself and I think that's like the message that I hope people get it's like just do it for yourself and ask yourself okay what do you want to do now yeah I love that and like we always like to finish off as well just by asking next for you because I think obviously people will find the link to your Instagram and your website and everything in the comments. Uh, and they'll be able to see the kind of person that you are, the kind of photographer you are, the kind of businesswoman you are, uh, and, uh, the vulnerability and connection that you show, you show with everyone. She's so funny, guys. It's just so hilarious. I love watching you dance <laughs> around your apartment and including us in your shoots and everything. So how are you going to build on that? What's next for the business? What's next for you? And what can we expect from you? Uh, what's next for the business? Well, I I want to say I'll just, for now, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. I have my studio in Edmonton. I love being there, doing beautiful photo shoots with beautiful people. So for now, I don't have like a lot of like huge goals. I'm just in a space where I want almost to enjoy what I'm doing and not always be chasing the next big, you know, adrenaline uh, hit. Because <laughs> I've reached a point where I'm like, oh, I need, I want to be able to enjoy what I have right now and be grateful for what I have because I, I, I know the feeling of like chasing something and wanting this so bad that it's become uh, almost painful because you're like, oh, I want to do this, but it's not there. And, and then when it's there, you're like, oh, what is the next thing? And it's like, I love your question, by the way. I'm not judging the question. <laughs> no, no, no. Good answer. But it's like... Your it's, answer is beautiful. <laughs> but it's like, for me, it's like, oh, actually, you know what? I I want to be in that place right now. I want to be in this moment and enjoy what I have. And whatever comes next will come when it's time. But right now, I feel like I want to be... Uh, it's been one year since I get my studio, uh, since I get this new space. And I didn't see that year, you know, go by. It went so fast. And when I was doing this, uh, I did like a little reel for for Instagram about one year in that space. And I got so emotional and I was just like, oh my God, I did so many things and I did so many shoots. I met so many people and it, 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 it went so fast and I'm like, oh, I need to feel this. 
<laughs> which is like, oh, people were like, oh, you want to feel more things? Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do actually. I love, being, I love feeling. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, I need to appreciate this and I need to be grateful for this. And so I'm going to be in this moment and even just right here, uh, you know, after crying about my client's story, I'm just like, this is okay. It's fine. And uh, enjoying the chat with you, I'm like, I, I don't always want to be chasing the next thing because I know that when it's the next thing that you've been wanting so bad is here, uh, you, we need to take time to appreciate it. So this is my answer for this question. I love that. It's such yeah. a beautiful place to start. Um, just perfect, but just lovely to have you on just to speak about your process and your business model and the, what you're doing with, with your clients at the moment. I just think it's awesome. And so we just, you know, even though you don't know what's next, look forward to seeing what's next. Uh, and uh, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to, you know, have those like open hearted conversations and just let all the things coming up. And I just really appreciate the space that you gave me today. It was really wonderful to talk to you. I can't wait to listen to all the other stories also. I'm excited. Oh my gosh, you always have a safe space with us. So thank you so much. Thank you.